Well, hello, church, and welcome to this fourth installment of this uh, Lenten Bible study. Tonight's scripture reading comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 3, verses 14 through 21, as we tackle that um, very familiar scripture uh, that includes John 3.16. But as we begin, it is my sincere prayer that for all of us during this Lenten season, that the Holy Spirit would create such a, a sense of urgency in all of us that the will of God and the purpose of Christ would become the focus of our lives. Amen. And now let's go ahead and just uh, jump in and start with reading John 3, verses 14 through 21. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world, he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Those who believe in him are not condemned, but those who do not believe are condemned already, because they have not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment, that the light has come into the world, and people love darkness rather than the light because their deeds were evil. For all who do evil hate the light and do not come to the light, so that their deeds may not be exposed. But those who do what is true come to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that their deeds have been done in God. This is a word of God for you, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Our text is a small pericope of the conversation that's taking place between Jesus and Nicodemus in John 3. That's covered uh, between verse 1 and verse 21. And Jesus is trying to explain to Nicodemus that no one will see the kingdom of God unless they are born again, or uh, born from above, born of the Spirit of God. And Nicodemus is having a little trouble understanding Jesus in terms of the literal meaning of Jesus' statement. And with this in mind, our text picks up as Jesus is explaining to Nicodemus the intricacies of being born again and what that means for life. Now, it should not surprise us that the, the whole idea turns on the foundation of God's love. It is the uh, base idea that's found in John 3.16 that gives definition and meaning to our text this week. Now, if we go back all the way to Genesis 1, we find God in the act of creation. In Genesis 1.2, says, Now the earth was form, formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Now that formless and void space is chaos. And as God's Spirit hovers over this, this chaotic space, 
He begins to speak, and what was once formless and void begins to take shape as creation comes forth. It all began with a word from God. Now, what we call God in Christianity refers to the Trinity of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They are three distinct persons who are one in every aspect of life. Now, many try to understand the Trinity in terms of an odd mathematical equation that doesn't quite add up to anything in this world. Uh, You know, one plus one plus one equals one. Well, that just doesn't work. However, the Trinity will never be understood in terms of our odd sense of math. Uh, The Trinity is best understood in relational terms defined by love. And this love between the three was so perfect that it bound the three of them together as one. And love, of course, grows from less to more as it is nurtured. And the outpouring of this love between the three resulted in creation. You are the result of God's good creation and not his condemnation. We were created with free will to join God and to be part of the fellowship that God shared within this trinity. Now, the dark side, of course, is that we chose uh, to become like God or uh, to become our own God rather than live in community with the one true God. That is sin in that we miss the mark of what it means to truly be human. And as human beings, we were created to live in this community that is God. And we chose to separate ourselves from God, who is the very source of life. We chose death. And that is the meaning of sin. Little did we know that sin was dragging us back to that original chaotic state of formless and void. Sin was unraveling God's creation while trying to return us to this true state of death, which was nothingness. But God's love would not let us go. God's love created a way for new creation through rebirth. Out of love, he has given us a way to rejoin the community and be in fellowship with the Trinity. I have uh, always enjoyed uh, Andre Rublev's icon of the Trinity. It pictures three individuals who are sitting at a table or altar, who are fixated on a cup in the middle of the table. The three are identical with only their clothes being different. The three are the Trinity. The cup is the cup of Christ, a symbol of the sacrifice and death that brought resurrection and new life. And out of God's love poured out into that cup, we are invited to sit in fellowship at God's table. In our text today, uh, Jesus is outlining for us this invitation. Now, our text begins with a strange story 
from Numbers 24, verses 4 through 9, where the people are continually complaining and murmuring against God and Moses. And as punishment, God sent poisonous serpents among the people, and many of the people died. Now, the people wise up, and they confess before God and Moses their sin and beg to be saved. Now, God tells Moses to make a serpent and put it on a pole. And when the people are bit, they just need to look at that serpent on the pole, and they will live. The comparison is being made between the bronze serpent being raised and Jesus being raised on the cross. If the people were bitten by a poisonous serpent, they would have surely died. But by God's grace, they simply had to look at the bronze serpent on the pole and they would receive new life. It reminds me of Genesis uh, 3.15, where God uh, tells the serpent in the garden, and I will put enmity between you and the woman. And between your offspring and hers, he will crush your head, and you will strike his heel. The serpent, Satan, thought he had won. And surely it was a strike at the hill of Christ to raise him on the cross. But we know the reality was the cross and the resurrection was the blow to the serpent's head. Through sin, the poisonous serpents have bitten us all. But as Christ was raised on the cross for all to see, there was new life for all who wanted such an abundant life. Again, this new life was an outpouring of God's love that allowed for us to be a new creation that Jesus describes as being born again. When it says it must be lifted up, this is literally lifted up as being lifted up on the cross, but it is also lifted up in exaltation. Our text is pointing to the death of Christ as having salvific meaning for our lives. The Israelites had to look upon the bronze serpent to be saved. In our text, John is saying with verse 15, that the way we look at Jesus being lifted up is to believe in him. And many will use the term faith as a, a passive term, something that we possess. And some believe that we can go to an altar, say a prayer, and then return to life as normal and continue just like it was the way before. It's like the soldier who, uh, after being deployed, or before being deployed, uh, took out a life insurance policy and then popped into a revival that evening and, quote, got saved. And he told his mother that she no longer had to worry, for he now had uh, life insurance and fire insurance. However, John uses the... Uh, verb form of faith, which is translated as believe, uh, it's, it's something very active for John. Uh, he uses the word over a hundred times in his gospel. 
In our text, he's using the word believe five times. For John, believe is not just a, an intellectual assent where we agree with something that may or may not have any lasting effect on our lives. The decision to believe in Jesus uh, is a life-altering, life-defining moment as Jesus describes it as being born again. It is the um, belief that has such conviction behind it that it completely changes your life. As John describes uh, later in his gospel, the effect of Jesus upon a person's life is like a blind person being able to see. Um, I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. It's life-altering, life-transforming to the point that Jesus becomes the focus of our lives. And following after him so that your life is consumed with the will and purpose of God is how I would describe John's idea of belief. It's not fire insurance. It's the complete reorientation of our lives. And it should be noted that this salvation is for everyone who is willing to believe in Jesus. As a, Verse 16, is, I think, is just a big blow to the Calvinists who think that it only pertains to the predestined elect. But Jesus says, whoever, all people, anyone who believes... This also calls into question the universalists who uh, believe that all will be saved. Um, the only way for the uh, universalist position to be tr proved true is if everyone believes. It's a nice thought, but unrealistic. Those who will be saved are those who believe in Jesus. Also, verse 18 offers an answer to those who, who ask, how could a loving God send anyone to hell? In John's gospel, the world is uh, something very hostile to, to God and to his people. But you might notice in verse 16 that God's love is extended to all the world and not just to his people. God loves the world, even though the world is hostile toward God. Furthermore, it is God's love that provides eternal life through Christ. God's love, uh, it forces us to make a decision that has eternal consequences. We can choose to believe in Jesus and receive life, or we can choose not to believe in Jesus and receive death. Verse uh, 18 puts this decision in present tense and really captures the essence of Lent in terms of repentance. It says those who refuse to believe in Jesus are already condemned. In John, life, abundant life, eternal life are 
not something that we're waiting on as in some future reality. For John, this is a present reality depending upon our response to God's love that is found in Christ. We are all covered by God's grace. Some of us are choosing to believe in Jesus, accepting the life that he wants us to have. Now at death, we will either continue in God's grace or be released from God's grace to live out eternity apart from God, who is the very source of life itself. For those who refuse to believe, they are judging themselves. Here is, well, here in the season of Lent, may the Lord ever put within us the urgency to accept his love, to come into the light, and to believe in Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.